everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. I'm your host, Erin Harris, and my guest for this episode is Charisma Therapeutics Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Deborah Barton. Deborah, thank you for being here today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to jump right in. So first off, you're a Philadelphian by way of Brazil. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Briefly talk us through your professional background and how it led you to Philadelphia-based Charisma Therapeutics. Yes. uh, Thank you. Uh, So I started my career as a clinician seeing cancer patients in Brazil. And to people who question oncology as a specialty altogether, and that's very frequent, unfortunately, I can tell you it's the most gratifying profession I could ever have chosen. Bringing solutions to cancer patients, uh, patients with a life-threatening disease has always and will always keep me going. So I really love everything about oncology and have since my beginnings. So in Brazil, I adventured myself into the pharma industry and I actually really enjoyed it. So the other side of things, some physicians say it's the dark side, Uh, but that's where actually the pivotal trials come from and how drugs get finally approved to be used by the general cancer patient population. So from then, um, I wanted to get as close as possible to the core of designing clinical trials to to really help develop those new therapies. And with that, I moved from a giant Novartis to Celgene, to smaller biotechs, developing innovative therapies such as radioligand therapies, cell therapies. And finally, I landed at Charisma, developing the first ever CAR macrophage platform. Good, good. Well, that's quite a history and uh, you, you've run the gamut for sure. And that's what I actually want to talk about next Are is the CAR-M technology. So, Charisma's novel CAR-M technology was developed by and licensed from scientists at the University of Pennsylvania. So I want to break down this a little bit. In in the broad sense, what is the latest in CAR-M technology? Where are we today? Uh, So if I need to pick one characteristic of the CAR-M technology that is really relevant to solid tumors, is that CARMs are not only able to infiltrate the solid tumor microenvironment, but they're actually naturally attracted to solid tumors. So after recognizing the one antigen using the CAR, that is a kind of a Trojan horse uh, strategy, is an entry pass to tackle the heterogeneous solid tumor So the macrophage will eat that one tumor cell and be able to process and present the whole diversity of neoantigens to T cells who will in turn mount a long-lasting immune response, not only to the antigen-positive cells that are recognized by the CAR, but also to antigen-negative cells which share 
other neoantigens with the original cell phagocytose. So this, this technology is really different than CAR T cells mm -hmm. who are very well equipped to kill antigen positive cells but don't really see the antigen negative cells that are by definition present in the majority of metastatic lesions from solid tumors. Good, good. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, before we talk specifically about Charisma's work with CARM technology, I do want to break down a little bit for Selengine, the podcast listeners, what might they not already know and what do they need to understand about CAR-M technology before we really get into Charisma's work? Well, solid tumors, they are evolving with the patient as it grows. So with very few exceptions, like some neurological tumors that are very homogeneously expressing certain antigens, the majority of solid tumors are very diverse lesions. So the original diagnostic pathology when a tumor is first diagnosed in its early stages may be very different from the tumor that has progressed on therapy and spread throughout the body. So one lesion is very different than the other. And even within one lesion, the cells are different than their neighboring cells. So for this reason, it's very hard to pick a perfect target to treat solid tumors. Since um, whatever target we pick, it may be highly expressed in some cells, mildly expressed in other cells, and not expressed at all in other cells. So targeted therapies will work on some cells, but not the others. And these others will eventually grow and spread and that patient will become refractory to that one targeted therapy that once worked. So that's a real challenge for CAR teasing solid tumors, and it's something that CAR macrophages are uh, trying to circumvent. Sure, sure. Uh, in addition to picking the perfect target, um, any other challenges, but also how close are we to truly overcoming these challenges? Uh, well, I think we are very close as we understand how CAR macrophages work and how they are attracted to solid tumors. Uh, macrophages are cells that are already in solid tumors. They are attracted and they live there versus other T cell therapies that may have a hard time infiltrating the solid tumor microenvironment. Good, good. Okay. All right, so we have all the background information, good to go. I want to talk specifically about Charisma Therapeutics. So at the recent 36th Annual Society for Immunotherapy of Cancer, or SITC, annual meeting, Charisma delivered an oral presentation during which uh, it was discussed the findings from their phase one first-in-human study of the adenoviral, excuse me, adenovirally trans- Reduced uh, anti-HER2 CAR macrophages in subjects with HER2 over-expressing solid tumors. Did I get that right? It's a mouthful, but yes, you got it all right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I want to break all this down. Yes. First of uh, all, talk to us about what was presented 
at the conference. And then what has been recently released since uh, the event itself? Yes, I'll be happy to do that. Uh, first, I need to acknowledge Dr. Kim Rice, our uh, principal investigator from Penn, who did an amazing job presenting a late breaker at the plenary session of our ongoing, ongoing clinical trial. So that was a, she, she did a great job and it was very interesting. Um, so she presented the first two patients treated with our CAR-M in the world. Uh, so macrophages have been used in the past to try to treat cancers unsuccessfully. But CAR macrophages, this is really the first in the world. So those first two patients were treated at Penn. And interestingly, they both had gastrointestinal malignancies. And when you think about HER2, some people immediately think about breast cancer because that's very common. But there's a whole variety of other tumor types that are also overexpressed HER2. So our first two patients, one had an esophageal cancer and the other one cholangiocarcinoma. So the first question we had for the study was manufacturing feasibility. I shouldn't say was, I should say is, because the trial continues ongoing. And after running many healthy volunteer samples for research, we need to see if advanced cancer patients can also produce CAR macrophages. And for those two initial patients, the answer is yes, we can. So the CAR macrophages produced, they had high transduction efficiency, purity, and viability. So that question for those two patients was a yes. Uh, the other question for this study is safety. So those two patients were heavily pretreated and they received therapy and they tolerated it actually really well. Most of the adverse events were grade one and two, and there were no dose, limiting, dose limiting toxicities. Uh, the treatment was split over day one and day three, and one of the patients had a mild cytokine release syndrome on day three, which lasted for one day. And that's a very different uh, cytokine release syndrome versus what we see in CAR-T, where CRS happens on about a week of therapy, and it's normally a higher grade, and it lasts for longer periods of time. So this was really mild. And I think the most striking findings were seen in the biopsy and blood samples collected for biomarker analysis. And it showed that the cell kinetics, the CAR macrophages really leave the blood circulation within hours, which is expected and actually desired. Um, we want the CAR macrophages in the tissue fighting tumors and not really circulating in the blood. So that really happened. Uh, blood TCR repertoire analysis showed an expansion of clones, which is also something we wanted to see. And most importantly, we collected biopsies, one pretreatment and two post-treatment biopsies. 
and the single cell RNA sequencing data show that after intravenous therapy with CTO508, our HER2 CAR macrophage, there was an immediate immune response within the tumor microenvironment on the seven-day biopsy uh, with increased neutrophils and naive CD8 T cells. And later on, on week four, we, get, we could see an increase of monocyte-derived cells with an M1 profile, which mm -hmm. is what we need to have, and proliferating CD8 T cells with a decrease of M2 macrophages. So that really showed a reprogramming of the tumor microenvironment as we were expecting, but we're really able to document that. Good, good. Okay. Um, so what is next? What, what Talk us through, you know, what we can expect to hear out of the trial ongoing. So the trial continues ongoing. We are activating more clinical sites. Uh, we are uh, opening two cohorts for this study. One is intraperitoneal administration of CTO508 for gynecological cancers which spread into the peritoneal cavity. And the other one is an IV therapy of CTO508 in combination with T-cell checkpoint inhibitor because of that cross-talk and cross-presentation between the macrophages and the T-cells. So in the clinic, those are the most exciting uh, and kind of short to mid-term uh, things happening. Good, good. Okay. Outside of this phase one study, uh, let's talk about the roadmap for Charisma Therapeutics overall. What is going on? What can we expect? Oh, there's a lot to expect about Charisma. So it's really exciting. I mean, I joined Charisma two years ago. We were 27 people. Now we're 50 people. Uh, most of these people are incredibly smart scientists working in Mike Kliczynski's labs, further developing the car and technology. So uh, some of what they're doing was were actually also presented at Sitzing posters. So there was a uh, the car and combination with checkpoint, the preclinical data showing synergy. There was a syrup alpha CRISPR knockout of car macrophages showing increased activity and also the development of car monocytes, um, which has many advantages and it's being developed and hopefully eventually at some point we'll get into clinic as well. So uh, it's a very fertile group of scientists that are always coming up with interesting stuff. I can't wait to get those into clinic. Good, good. All right. Well, when you do, uh, please come back and talk to us about their evolution. Will do. Good, good. Uh, we've reached the end of our episode, but before we sign off, uh, as you know, I always ask my guests uh, the same question to determine what they're doing when they're not in the lab. And so, uh, Deborah, talk to us about your ideal Saturday. My ideal Saturday is quite busy. How much time do you have? <laughs> so 
I like first, I like to wake up late because all this that is happening during the week, I need to rest and I'm not a morning person. So I'm going to wake up very late on a Saturday. Gotcha. I'm going to go play with my two pit bulls. So I'm going to use a minute here to advocate for adoption of dogs, especially pit bulls. And they're the best. If you raise them with love, they're going to be the best dogs you could ever want. Yes. Uh, In the afternoon, I'll actually do my favorite sport. I have tried all kinds of sports growing up, and I love doing sports. And rock climbing really hooked me back in the 90s. Yes. Yes. And I never stopped. So rock climbing gives focus, balance, strength. And you get to do it with somebody that you trust. And I'm, I get to do it with my husband. So it's a really cool activity that we do together. And it's almost a meditation moment for me. So I really enjoy doing that. Wonderful. About the rock climbing, uh, my daughter just recently got into it. Are you doing it outdoors? Are you doing it at a rock gym? Combination of both? combination of both so my first experience was outdoors and I just loved all of it you have to go hiking somewhere you have to bring a sandwich and the place is beautiful and then when you rock climb you see the view is just amazing on a day-to-day basis on a regular Saturday I have to hit the gym because it's a logistically challenging to go climb Mm -hmm. outside but yeah, a combination of both and outside is absolutely fantastic. For sure, for sure. And you get to hone your skills in the rock gym inside. So, yes. and I would agree, it is a very, very good time. I would have never uh, thought that my daughter specifically would be, she's only nine and she's getting into it pr- uh, pretty extensively. So I'm hoping she sticks to it because to your point, it is a, it's just takes determination and focus and, and agility. A, a lot of agility. So uh, I, I I think your entire day sounds fantastic. Start to finish, even the way I'm waking up late. Love it. Yeah, that's that's necessary. That's like, a, it's a non-starter if I get out of bed early. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. All right, listeners, that wraps up this episode of Cell and Gene, the podcast. Thanks again to Dr. Deborah Barton, CMO at Charisma Therapeutics. Deborah, thanks again for your time. It was great having you here. Thank you. It was great having being here. Wonderful. All right, listeners, we'll talk to you soon. 